Welcome into episode 10 of the Sources Say podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR podcast network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined by Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated for a special edition of the Sources Say podcast. First off, before we get, in, get into why this is a special edition episode and all, all of that fun stuff, Travis, how are you doing today, man? There's nothing better than the combination of Bud Light, the, what are they called, the California Tangy, Carolina Tangy? Yes. Carolina Tangy Wings. Yeah. And basketball recruiting. There's not a better trio of things in this universe than those three. Absolutely. Um, so We're recording here at KS Bar, by the way. That's why I'm saying that. Good. Uh, I, I appreciate the shout-out for, for the brand. Fantastic place to go. Uh, we, are, we are sitting here getting ready for the blue-white game that is going on tonight. We decided with the massive news that happened last night, we thought it would just be an absolute mistake to not bring up what happened last night. Um, you know, did, today we decided it was necessary to record an episode dedicated entirely to one thing and one thing only. Most weeks we spend the entire show going through uh, several different players, their games, recruitments, timelines, all of that fun stuff. But this week it is dedicated to Devin Askew committing to Kentucky last night. Um, but before we get into all of that stuff, I can't go a second further without giving a shout-out to our friends at BBN Vegas. The Big Blue Nation takes over Las Vegas this December when Kentucky basketball hits Sin City. The action tips with the Kentucky vs. Utah game presented by UK Healthcare and benefiting Coaches vs. Cancer on Wednesday, December 18th at T-Mobile Arena. BBN will have the opportunity to hit the links at the world-renowned Shadow Creek Golf Course on, Feb on Friday, December 20th as part of the, big, the Golf Blue benefiting Coaches vs. Cancer. The Cats then play in the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday, December 21st. Visit bbnvegas.com or follow on social media at BBN Las Vegas for full information, game tickets, hotel accommodations on the Las Vegas Strip. You name it, they have it for you. Please go out there, get your tickets from them. Go, go through your entire tra uh, your, your travel itinerary. Make sure it goes 100% through BBN Las Vegas. They're going to hook you up. I'm going to be out there. It's going to be one heck of a time. Looking forward to it. Now, there's this notion out there that, that Kentucky fans are, are becoming a bit disconnected with recruits, mostly because John Calipari manages to get so many of them year after year after year. Uh, our job today is to change that for you. By the time this episode is over, we want you to know everything there is to know about Kentucky's newest commitment, 2021 five-star guard Devin Askew. We want you to feel like you know who Askew is personally by the end of this show. That's the goal. So let's get right into it. Let's jump in. Who in the heck is Devin Askew? So we'll, we'll start with, with a quick bio. Askew. Five-star guard, originally from Sacramento, California, playing at Modern Day High School in Santa Ana, California. He is six foot three. Well, if you listen, listen to what Travis has had to say over the last couple weeks, there there are some rumblings that he might actually be upwards of, of six foot four, six foot five right now. Uh, but he's he's a strong 195 pounds. In terms of who he is as a player, this is a kid that is known as 
the one of the best knockdown shooters in all of high school basketball, regardless of class. This is a kid that this summer playing for Team Why Not on the Nike EYBL circuit, he averaged 9.8 points per game, but 46.2% from three, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists, and 1.8 steals per contest during the regular season. But then when the actual Peach Jam finals came around, he averaged 16.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, 6.0 assists, and 2.0 steals per contest per contest during Peach Jam. During bracket play, uh, Askew was int- instrumental in leading Team Why Not with, uh, to, to the Peach Jam finals alongside former Kentucky target Jalen Green. Um, d- going a little further into his stats, Throughout the entire Nike EYBL season, Askew made at least one three-pointer in 16 of 20 total games, at least two three-pointers in 11 of those games, at least four three-pointers in six of those games, and at least five three-pointers in two of them. This is a kid that can flat-out shoot the basketball. Uh, Like I said, one of the best shooters in the nation, regardless of class. Uh, As a sophomore at Modern Day last season, uh, he averaged 14 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 2.1 steals per contest, had an assist-to-turnover ratio of 2.72 to 1. Um, This this kid is just a, a star in the making. Travis, I need to know. What are your first impressions of who Devin Askew is as a player? He would be the best shooting point guard that Kentucky's had since Brandon Knight, hands down. He is honestly more of a combo guard than a pure point. Doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, winning intangibles. Be the first guy on the floor. Uh, true leader. Is selfless. Doesn't have to be the center of attention. He's not a superstar. I don't think I personally have said that I don't think he's one and done. I think he's a two-year player because there's some holes in this game that he has to fill. But he's somebody that Cal Perry already has locked up while still recruiting Cade Cunningham. Either you're going to have a great backup in 2020, or a starter in 2020, or a great starter coming in after Cade Cunningham in 2021. And you already know what your point guard position is going to look like for the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Watching him, I got to, I got the chance to see him a few times. I saw him uh, at, at a few of the regular the, the EYBL regular season events, but I got a really really close look at him during the Peach Jam Finals when he was playing alongside Jalen Green because at the time Jalen Green was Kentucky's lead target. I mean, the, this was mind you, this was before Terrence Clark kind of fell into their lap, so. At the time, Jalen Green was seen as their number one overall option. Cade Cunningham was seen as a lock to Oklahoma State. So, really, they were going all in on on Jalen Green at the time. They ended up offering Josh Christopher right after Peach Jam. But definitely, without a doubt, Jalen Green was their lead guy. So, I I got the chance to to watch Devin pretty closely. But, man, like like I've mentioned on the podcast several times, while you're focusing on Jalen Green – you just tend to just your, your vision starts to stray a little bit away from from Jay, what Jalen has to offer, and you just get caught up in, in who Devin asks you as a as a player. Man, he is the kind of guy that is just competitive. He's nasty. Uh, he he projects as an as an elite perimeter defender. Like I said, he averaged two at least two assists per game during Peach Jam. Um, just a feisty 
nasty game manager. Um, you know, he he's just one of those guys that he's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. He's not going to dunk on anybody. His his he's not a pure athlete in any sense of the word. But from a pure fundamental and competitive standpoint, I'd argue that Askew second to none among all 2021 guards. What I've said my comparison for him. I think I've heard anything from Nigel Williams Goss to Jalen Brunson to Darren Williams. Darren Williams was a hell of a pro. It, yeah. I'm not ready to make that jump. I've heard uh, my personal – if you're looking for a U.K. comparison, he is Emmanuel Quickly with a much higher ceiling. He's not going to hurt you, but he's not going to be a superstar either. He has much more superstar potential than Devin Askew – I mean, than uh, Emmanuel Quickly, but he's not – ever going to be on the same realm of players as John Wall, Brandon Knight, um, De'Aaron Fox, Tyler Eulis, those guys. He's going to be in that second tier with uh, guys like Marcus Teague. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that quickly comparison is interesting because in terms of shooting, comparable, especially if, especially if you think of quickly at his best. Like what we saw toward the, the, the tail end of the year, some of his – NCAA tournament performances, that Emmanuel quickly is a good gauge. But he's stronger. He's more mature physically, I think, than Emmanuel quickly in, in terms of being able to get to the to the basket and finish through contact. Emmanuel quickly has done that on a few occasions, but but I think he's that's still something that he needs to work on going into this season. Askew is is very um, – he, he's not – overly physical with how he plays, but he at least has that um, has that core strength to fight through contact and finish finish strong at the rim. Him, him and Quickly both play defense like they have something to improve. I really like Quickly's defense. It's something that didn't really stick out to a lot of people last year, but stuck out to me. I think he's a really sound defender. I think Askew's the same way. They're, they're kind of dogs in transition defense. They'll get up in you and guard you the full length of the court. That's, what, that's something I really like about Devin Askew. Yeah, in terms of a specific player comparison, the one that I was actually going to name is, is Jalen Brunson. Because of the fact that Jalen at Villanova was a winner through and through. He was a guy that put it all on the line. He was the guy that, that was the first person to dive on the floor. He was the first person to, to take a charge. He was just a played with so much heart, so much intensity. And, uh, you know, he might not be the, be the first person to, to – score 30 points in a game or he you know he's he's not that kind of a volume scorer per se but Jalen Brunson was always the kind of guy that would put his body on the line that put the team first and make sure that he did whatever it was whatever was necessary to come out with a victory and as we saw in his Villanova career that he he led him to what two titles in three years yep. as as the lead the lead guard there so to have a guy like Askew, like I said, he's not going to blow you away physically. He's not going to, um, you know, he's not going to dunk on anybody. He's not. He's not a pure athlete at heart. But when it comes to his competitiveness and and just fundamental, just his skills and and his court vision and and just some of the the pure point guard instincts, he has them all. I'm I am very very high on his game. I think. The reason why he's not getting as much NBA buzz is because he's not a, you know, same reason why Jalen Brunson didn't get a whole lot of NBA buzz and why his career in the in, in the league hasn't been, um, I believe he only had one, I don't have his, his bio, bio in front of me, but he's he's not one of those guys that took the NBA by storm. And, and that's just not, not how Askew's game was, is, 
is See, built. Every, everybody wants to talk about, oh, it's the lack of athleticism that is keeping him off NBA radars. I think that, like I said, I think he's more of a true combo guard when you get down to the nuts and bolts of his game. But outside of shooting, he's not really elite at anything right now. Um, he's above average passer, not elite passer. He struggles at getting separation off the dribble with his dribble moves. But he's such a good enough shooter that he makes up for that. He mm-hmm. shoots over the guys, even though they're still within arm distance. Um, he, what was I going to say? He's got like average to a little bit above average dribble packages. Yeah. But all that is going to improve under Cal Perry and might even improve another year at modern day. Everybody forgets he's 17 years old. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, like you said, there's some positives, there's some negatives, but Cal Perry is the perfect coach to fill the holes in his game. Now, instead of us rambling on and over and over again about who Devin Askew is as a person and, and what he brings to the table, let's get an expert opinion on the matter. We're about to go live to Gary McKnight, head coach of Modern Day High School, who has been with Devin Askew for, several, for, for two years now and knows, knows his game and personality better than anybody. So, so let's, let's move on over to our, our interview with Coach McKnight. And we are happy to be joined on the phone by Devin Askew's head coach at Modern Day, Coach Gary McKnight. Coach McKnight, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing just great. Well, it was it was obviously a, uh, a pretty big night for you for you last night with with Devin's big decision announcing that he was going to be committing to the University of Kentucky. And fans out here are are very familiar with his game, uh, kind of on the surface level. They know he's a great shooter. They know he's a competitor. They know that uh, he he's a phenomenal game manager. But I want you to take us to the next level. Make us know who Devin Askew is on, you know, beneath the surface. So as his head coach, um, right off the bat, what are Kentucky fans going to be seeing at, in Devin Askew when he, gets to, when he gets to Lexington? Well, first of all, Devin is uh, a very sharp kid. He's got about a 3.5 grade average. He, uh, uh, his mother's a doctor. Uh, dad's very successful and just a real class kid. He, uh, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing they're going to see out of him is just his high energy. Uh, off the court, when he speaks, you know, he's very good at being a speaker. Very good communicating with the team. Um, you know, I just like, I, the biggest thing is he's a punishing point guard. Uh, he's very physical. He goes to the basket hard. He plays hard. Uh, he uh, just absolutely loves the game. Always out working out. Always uh, trying to get the edge, and uh, you know he, he just—he's uh, just a special, special player. I've—I've I've been very blessed over the years, and he's one of our best uh, we've had over the years. I mean, uh, as far as he plays, and we're blessed this year. We got four or five other kids that are going to be Division One players, so it's—it's it's a pretty good team. He's playing around, and, and he's got some talent around him. Uh, to let him do more things, which is just like Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. And, and last season, Devin averaged 14 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 2.1 steals, uh, an assist-to-turnover ratio of 2.72 to 1, uh, kind of a, a do-it-all player. What is? What are your all's expectations for him next year with, with uh, you know, he, he – 
performed so well last year as a sophomore with with this with one more year under his belt in in terms of maturity, both uh, physically and all that. What? Well, you know, uh, again, he's playing with a lot of talented players, like he would at uh, Kentucky, and uh, you know, he does a good job of maybe giving up a little bit of what he would normally do to make sure we get everybody involved because we're a lot better team when everybody's involved. And uh, he does a good job of uh, getting us into that situation. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, he, as a freshman, he played behind a kid named Spencer Friedman, who's point guard up at Harvard right now. And, uh, you know, he, he got his minutes here and there and really fought hard. And he got real hungry that sophomore year and uh, played great, had a great summer with his travel team. And, you know, now he's going to his junior year and senior year. And, you know, I think, you know, he's got a chance to be one of the best ever to come out of the school. So there's a, a bit of a, a – he's listed at six foot three, but there's been, there were some rumblings that when he was here in, in Lexington on an official that, that the Kentucky coaching staff actually thought he was getting closer to six four, six five. Do you have an, a, have an official, a, official height for him? Has he grown a couple inches? I have him at six foot four. He's young too for his grade. He's not uh, an old um, uh, junior, and he, I have him at six four. And uh, uh, he's definitely. I, I, I'm telling you, he, he just punishes people going to the basket. You know, you want to go up with him, you're you're going to feel uh, his thunder. I mean, he he gets after it uh, as far as attacking the basket. Um, very physical player. Very cool. So, speaking of Lexington and the Kentucky coaching staff, what? How involved were you in that process and, and kind of guiding him through, th- through not necessarily just guiding him through his recruitment, but at least you know being a mentor for him and and uh, and kind of helping him come to that decision that Kentucky was a place to be. What were, did you have conversations with the Kentucky coaching staff and, and what were those like? You know, I talked to Coach when he came out um, earlier this month, and uh, we got to talk a little bit. He's been out for several of our players over the years. Um, and, you know, it's hard to turn coach down. Uh, the schools he had left, the only thing I told him, you're not making a mistake, which one ever you pick, just don't look back. And I think after he took his visit to Kentucky, he was sold um, that, you know, that was the right place for him. And, you know, and I think, you know, he wants to play at the highest level possible and be challenged. And, uh, you know, it's uh, year after year in Kentucky and, you know, uh, is, you know, obviously, uh, you know, them and Duke and Arizona, a lot of those are, you know, the top schools. And, you know, I, I just think he really wanted that challenge. And I think they showed him, you know, where he could project to be at their school and at Kentucky. And I think he was just overly excited about it. And, uh, wanted to make a decision real quick and not worry about it and enjoy the next year and a half of high school and, uh, you know, head off to uh, Kentucky. Now I I know you said in recent interviews I, I know you you did a recent interview with a with a local Kentucky guy and, and you said you didn't believe he would end up in in the class of twenty twenty one but just you know just hypothetically speaking if he were to make make that jump physically what do you think he would he would be able to to thrive as a as a freshman next season as opposed to two years from now. I think, you know, he's physical enough to survive, uh, you know, on any level. Um, I think, uh, personally, I think that extra year of high school, I, I have a hard time understanding anymore. 
a kid wanting to miss his senior year of high school because looking back in my life and a lot of the others, I know, you know, that, that's one of the highlights of your uh, life is your senior year in high school. But nowadays things are a little different. Now, him and his dad have told me on numerous occasions that they that he is not reclassified and that he is going to stay through his senior year. So I'm not really concerned about that right now. Yeah, I got you. And and kind of the the big talk right now with, with Kentucky fans and, and – it's it's kind of the the biggest talk in Lexington right now. So it's something I gotta I gotta ask you if that does happen. That their talk is is that Cade Cunningham is highly highly considering Kentucky. How would they work together? Should this should this situation come to come to fruition? Yeah, you know, I wish I could say I could talk more on that subject, but I don't know him as well as uh, I probably should. Uh, but if you know. Devin is a guy that, you know, he, he there's times where he can fill the wing and play the wing for us. He plays point for us. But we're, we're best when he has his hands on the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, Devin would work off anybody real well. Getting getting back to who Devin is as, as a person, uh, when and as, as a player and his growth that you've seen, when was the first time – that you saw Devin and knew that he he could be something special at, at the next level? Uh, the first week he came to our school in the summer before his freshman year, we had a tournament at our school, and it's actually the first time I really got a chance to see him play because we hadn't practiced until that point. And uh, he went up down the floor, and he was going by people, and he was laying it in, and he was attacking, and I turned to my assistant, and he looked at me, and I go, He's a keeper. <laughs> he had moved down. He had moved down from Sacramento, so we had just seen him for the you know first time, and uh, he was he was uh, nah, he was he's one of those guys you go oh boy it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> now, a lot of Kentucky fans just just really have no idea what his personality is. Tell tell us what is it like to coach Devin Askew. And uh, you know what's his personality like? What does he like to do in his off time? What what is who who is Devin Askew? Devin Askew is a basketball junkie. I mean, he goes from one thing to another. He gets up in the morning about six thirty and goes runs at the beach and does uh, a lot of work in the sand to work on his uh, leg development and strength. Um, he'll shoot in the gym at night. He'll work out with different gurus. Uh, he'll come to practice. He, if I take him out of practice on the first group, and, you know, and put somebody, give him a break, he'll change his jersey and go on the second group and play against him. He won't come out. <laughs> you know, he just he, he likes being on the court. Um, he's not afraid to tell uh, other players that if you're not going to work hard, maybe it's time to go home. We got to get somebody else out here, coach. This guy doesn't want to go hard, and uh, you know, and and he can match that because. He works as hard as anybody in the gym, if not uh, usually a lot harder. So, I mean, a lot of times, you know, he can, uh, you know, he's not afraid to tell somebody he needs to get going. And uh, it, it really helps as a coach to have a point guard that, you know, will pat somebody in the back, but yet look them in the eye and say, hey, if you're not going to do it, get off. Now, a few, a few more things before I let you go. I need Askew's. Two biggest strengths and two biggest weaknesses that he needs to work on uh, going into next season. I think his two biggest strengths are his physicalness 
and his uh, ability to uh, create things for other players as as well as create for himself. And I think his full of jump shot is uh, 15 footers about as good as it gets. I think weaknesses. I think he just needs you know a little more maturity, and I think that he uh, um, probably uh, uh, you know maybe take the weight room a little more seriously. But it's hard to because he's so physical already. Um, you know, a lot of kids don't understand how important that weight room is. And I think, you know, as he gets older, he'll understand. But he does so many things on his own that away from the team that, you know, it's hard to keep track of everything he does. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, and personality-wise, the fans are going to love him. Just love him. Very cool. Well, with that, I think that is that is all we need from you. We definitely appreciate you, Coach McKnight. And uh, uh, we, we're, we're definitely excited to have Devin, Devin here in Kentucky. Well, so are we. Take care. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. What an interview just then with, with Coach McKnight. You know, he went in depth about who he is as a who Askew is as a person, what he brings to the table, how excited Kentucky fans should be about him. Uh, very quick thoughts, Travis. What do you think of what, what Coach McKnight had to say? He definitely <clears throat> he definitely went along with everything I've heard about he's Hard-nosed, gritty, tough worker, gym rat. He definitely sounds like somebody, in my opinion, that's going to be leading the next wave of players either next season or the year after in the uh, breakfast club, early workouts type, trying to get in extra work whenever he can. Yeah, and one thing that was kind of interesting is he did seem pretty adamant that he would not be reclassifying to the class of 2020. One thing that has kind of been the general consensus is that that – Behind closed doors, he's been telling everybody that that it's likely to happen. He's been kind of flirting with other class of twenty twenty guys on on social media as, as early as today. Literally this morning, Brown. earlier this morning, he said, you know, talk to Greg Brown with the his, the the beloved eye emoji that oh, fa- that th- fans that and so recruits overused. are just fans and recruits are just so so in love with using the the ever popular eye emoji and he definitely used them for Greg Brown basically saying uh, I think Greg Greg Brown said lights camera action when we come into the room yeah, or something the, like that the hedgehog farm yeah, yeah yeah when 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 we come into the room in response to Askew's commitment uh, announcement and then Askew responded with the double eye emoji and a my dude, dude or my I've guy seen, or something like that. I've seen probably 20 Greg Brown tweets, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure all 20 of them say that same exact thing. I think he tweets that like a couple times a day. What the Hedgehog Fam yeah. or the Lights Camera Action? Part? It's all one thing. Is it? Yes, and it's like hashtag uh, Hedgehog Farms at the end. You know what? It's got the three emojis at the beginning. He can tweet whatever he wants, whenever he wants, as long as he ends up committing to Kentucky and playing with Devin Askew. But yeah, like we said, phenomenal interview with 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 Coach McKnight. We appreciate having him on the show. Um, like, you know, like we said, kind of solidified what we all knew about him in terms of how he is as a worker. Said that he got in there at 6.30 in the morning every – he said – That ain't that, anything. That's 9.30 here. It, I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he actually wakes up at 6.30, goes straight to the beach, and runs in the sand for, for his workouts. Now, imagine – could how awesome would it be if, if – we were in a situation where instead of waking up and running on an old nasty treadmill, we could wake up and, and be 
awoken to the beautiful sounds of, of waves and, and sand every morning. Dude, if I got to train in sand every morning, I'd have quads like Isaiah Briscoe <laughs> and calves like Brad Calipari. <laughs> yeah, like, like we said, thank, thanks to Coach McKnight for joining us on that. Uh, now let's – we know well, everything we need to know about his game. We know everything that we need to know about his personality and stuff like that. But what about how in the heck he got to Lexington? His recruitment was one that I'm sorry, I can't help but go in de- in depth about it right, and, one and sentence, throw a couple jabs one here. Sent, one sentence com- comparing the recruitment with UK or uh, talking about the recruitment with UK and U of L. If you could describe it, uh, Godfather status. Two words. I was going to be Daddy's home. That that right. works. Right, that they, that we. I think I'm glad we're on the same page hand. there. Okay, let's listen to this timeline real fast, guys, because. It is it – will, it will blow you away. So everybody knows that, you know, he kind of came onto the scene early 2018 where, you know, he, he's always been a top 30, top 40, high 20s guy for, for a while. Um, but over the last two years is when he kind of – over the last year specifically is when he solidified himself as a no-joke, top 15, top 10 type talent. But back then – so – I'm looking at his rating history. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, and, and while, while you get that figured out, it's very obvious the schools that were, were the most heavily involved. Louisville was the one from the jump. Right away, Chris Mack was hired at Louisville in March of 2018. He, Coach, Coach Mack offered a scholarship to ask you on August 13th of 2018. Had him in on unofficial visits. Brought him in on an official visit. Went out west to visit him multiple times at his home and at his school. Went four deep with coaching with his coaching staff. Went just him, uh, just him on a couple occasions. Chris Mack let Devin ask you know that he was their number one priority. And if you think about it, you know he's still a 2021 kid. So we're talking. He's not go, even going to be on a campus if he sticks with his original plan of, of 2021. He's not even going to be on campus for another two years. And Chris Mack got a head start over a year ago. Literally, he's been on him for literally a year and a half at this point. Made sure that he, he, was, he made it known that Askew was his top priority through and through. I mean, literally, if he made his decision in the spring, I would argue that he would be 100% a Louisville Cardinal, without a doubt. Kentucky comes in, offers him a scholarship right after Peach Jam. So Joel Justice went to go watch him out west. He flew to Phoenix, Arizona back in June to see him at the Section 7 camp. He was actually going out there to see Dacian Nix, of all people, to decide whether or not he was going to offer him a scholarship. Uh, But while he's out there, he goes, wow, I'm in love with this Devin Askew kid. I think we need to make sure we do, we do whatever it takes to get him in. So Kentucky staff is watching watching Askew's game closely at Peach Jam, making sure that he knows that 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 they're they're pretty interested. Um, that that it's it's a pretty genuine interest for sure. Offer a scholarship in on July 26th. So almost a full year after Louisville offered offered a scholarship and sealed the deal in a matter of, let's see, January, or, or July, August, September, October. Less than three months after receiving a scholarship offer, offer he, he solidified a commitment after over a year and a half of 
Chris Mack doing whatever it takes. And remember, to, to there was some Villanova buzz at one point, too, and uh, I forget when it was. Do you remember the day that he scheduled a U.K. visit while dropping a Villanova visit? I forget what month that was. Oh, a – Scheduled the Kentucky visit? Yeah. That was his he, official? That yeah, was his official? No, he dropped – I'm saying he dropped the Villanova visit the same exact day he scheduled the U.K. visit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was looking at his ranking history. He came in – his first appearance in the rankings was 23rd. That's the lowest he's ever been. And the highest he's ever been is 10th right now. Uh, hovered in the 20s to lower teens up until – September when he cracked the top 15 at number 12, and then now he's cracked the top 10. Yeah. It, it, yeah I think that's about – I don't think he's ever going to be a top five player, but 10's about right. 10's fair. I mean, he's the number one point yeah. guard in, in the class of 2021. I mean, you can't – I mean, it's really tough to argue against that. But, and man. There's always been a lot of gray area about his – like when he told UK he was coming. I had somebody text me last night. I remember going through my text last night. He's like, I told you in August he was coming. This was before his Louisville official visit. He said, don't listen to all the Louisville smoke. Devin, watch out for Devin Askew to Kentucky. And this was August, I think, 22nd he texted me that. Which is literally and less so, than a month after Kentucky offered a scholarship. So he was trending toward Kentucky. I think he was trending toward Kentucky. Less than then, a month. And then I think his dad told him, like, all right, let's go through the process. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I think his, he was ready to commit. And then Louisville fans, whenever he tweeted ready to commit or whatever he put out that said ready to commit, Everybody thought that was Louisville because it was fresh off a visit. But apparently that was all smoke the whole entire time. And I've heard that from national recruiting analysts, that that was smoke. So, so. here's the deal. We were on the phone a couple nights ago, Travis uh, and, and our regular co-host, David Sisk. We, we, we wish we could have had him on the show, but this, this was kind of a makeshift podcast. We just decided to do this uh, last second. So we, we'll, we'll have him on, on on Tuesday, don't you worry. But we were all three of us were on the phone talking. Like We, we usually have the, a couple conference calls a week to kind of discuss what we've all been hearing. And we kind of came to the consensus that the buzz started happening – in August, late August, that Kentucky had kind of solidified itself as a strong contender. The Louisville visit happened on September 1st. So Louisville had had built back up some of their lost ground, I think. But I want to say that a lot of the Louisville buzz came from their coaching staff. Well, of course. Well, that, I mean, why wouldn't they? They put in, they put in countless hours and of like work. Like I said before, I saw him on his official visit during the Notre Dame game. He was having a hell of a time. Fit in was one of the guys. Yeah. But, I mean, if everybody committed for having a, a great visit, they would commit and decommit five times. You're yeah. not going to have a bad official visit. Yeah, it's very obvious that the, that the Louisville coaching staff wanted the world to know that Askew was their guy and they were going to put out smoke that they had solidified themselves as, as the top option. And it became pretty apparent. So the Kentucky buzz started in August. About two weeks before his official visit, which happened two weeks ago now, I believe. Yep. No, three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Because um, last weekend was Cade, and it was a week before, so it was, it was, it was two, week, two weekends ago. That's all running together yeah. right now. He came in two weekends ago, and about two week, so about a month ago from right now was when there was buzz that Kentucky had gotten a wink-wink, nudge-nudge from the – from the Askew camp that it was going down. You were talking about when he was on campus? Bef- two weeks before two he weeks was on before. campus. 
because all right, now we can say it since he's committed. Me and Jack have known that he's been a silent com- that he was a silent commit since he's been on campus. The commitment happened on Saturday. Let's see. I'm looking at the calendar right now. This Tomorrow's is- the nineteenth. So Saturday, October fifth was when he officially committed to Kentucky behind closed doors. And we've been kind of tiptoeing around it. Now we can just straight up say he was he, he, he it. He has been a silent commit for two weeks now. Um, basically, and I mean, it's not even that. It's he told people that uh, big of a, of a secret. He went to the Memphis Madness or whatever it was the day before his Kentucky visit and was telling guys that are locks to Memphis for 2021 that he's like, yeah, I'm a lock for Kentucky. I'm going, I'm going to Kentucky. Yeah, and that was literally the very next day was when he – so that visit – or that was Thursday. The very next day he took his official to Kentucky. Yeah. And then the next day after that was when the the commitment happened behind closed doors. So just in <laughs> – this was Chris Mack's very first recruiting battle with John Calipari. And what a – if you want to start a nasty rivalry with somebody right from the get-go, could you pick a more, a, a more, a, a better situation to, for, for that to happen with than what I, happened? How I love it Coach Mack, and I'm not comparing these two coaches, but this whole situation reminds me of when Coach Calipari told <clears throat> Mick Cronin, you can, <laughs> you can recruit a guy for two years, I can come in for two months and steal him. That's, that's <laughs> that, was the, that was the Marcus Teeger coming, right? Yeah. Yes, and by no means they're complete 180s on the spectrum, uh, like complete polar opposites, Mac and Cronin. I, I really respect Coach Mac, but well, wasn't it because Mick was telling people behind closed doors yeah, because he, he thought cheating. he thought he had Teague locked up, and, then and basically said, the- "Oh, well, the only reason why why we lost him is because because Calipari has his has his bank account out." And didn't yeah. he? Didn't he approach him yeah, at, at, an at an AAU yes. event and said, "If you ever run your mouth," <laughs> he, he, he said, <laughs> "It was one of those." He had to hey, pick- I heard you've been talking crap about me, huh? <laughs> he, he had to pick his stuff off. Of- up off the floor and then turn back around and walk away. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, Coach Cal. I, I swear, I, I, I wasn't talking, talking, talking mess at all. I want to know well, what Mick Cronin said in that situation. Like, I'm sorry, 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 Mr. Coach Cal. I just want <laughs> just know you can have a kid for two years locked up, and I could come in in two months and get him to sign on the dotted line. But Man, that's just a, that might, that is a godfather quote if I've ever heard one Two years from life. now, I mean, we, Mac might get, like, they haven't recruited 90% of the same kids. But, like, seriously recruited 90% of the same kids, been there at the end. But two years from now, I'm going to say Mac is going to be a better recruiter. Once all these sanctions and that black cloud leaves yeah. the program, I think he's going to be a better recruiter than Cronin ever was. Oh, by far. I mean – now he has the L.A. pull. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, with him being at UCLA, I mean, well, he, got, he got Dacia Nix. I mean, yeah. it, he, he at least has the location to Well, he was also option seats, Q so. there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he gosh. just kind of fell. He kind of fell forward on that. <laughs> now, let me ask you. When? Ask you. <laughs> what a – oh, man. Gosh, we, we just, I just cracked myself up. Um, Cut that. Let me – no. <laughs> that is staying in there. One hundred percent. Let me ask you: When is the last time Louisville won a recruiting battle against Kentucky? Has it ever happened? I'm trying to remember. Um, Shane Behanen 
claimed he had a, a Kentucky offer, did have a Kentucky offer originally until that definitely broke up. And, and Was that the Anthony Davis class? Was that the same Yes, class? yeah, that was when yeah, they got yeah. Wayne Blackshear and uh, who, who else was in that class? Yeah, that was the Anthony Davis, Kyle Wilcher, Marcus Teague, MKG class. Remember, because they had that table. They were they were at, yeah. at the McDonald's game. They they did that. Uh, that they were talking trash to each other, and, and Anthony Davis kind of said something something like, well, "You I mean, guys, I remember you guys Louisville, will never compare to Louisville us." thought they were getting Marcus Teague. Louisville thought that they were getting Trey Lyles. <laughs> oh, Trey Lyles! Uh, oh, bless their hearts. Aiden Igihan. No matter how much Louisville, I've seen Louisville media wanting to talk it up all day, and this isn't he the, did not have a Kentucky offer. Like. I'm being straight up with you. He never had a committable Kentucky offer. He, I don't even think he had an offer of any kind to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but as far as recruits that Louisville's gotten over Kentucky when they're both there at the end, I can't think of one, honestly. I, I genuinely can't think of one. I know they thought – They would have gotten Rondo over Kentucky. But? But the Sebastian Telfair debacle happened, so. Which is going to happen with Jay Scrub. Too. Yeah, I hate Just, to burst I'm, I'm that, letting you guys know he is not going to play I, at I've Louisville. said that for a while. I think unless, unless he has a major change of heart. As of right now, based on what has been what has been talked about behind the scenes, I don't think he ever plays a minute of college basketball. I think I honestly think if as of right now, I would put in a pick for JJ Trainer to go to Louisville. But he also does not have a UK offer. Now if Kentucky turns up the heat on JJ Trainer, like, and I'm not saying just even extends an offer. If they if they make JJ Trainer feel like he's a legitimate priority, I I think I still Kentucky, think that's two I think totally different can, situations. I think Kentucky can make make up ground. I do. I, th- I do too. But I think still he knows if despite Booze and Kenny Payne's relationship, I feel like if he goes to Louisville, he knows he can be second on the depth chart. Unless they get a couple grad transfers, but at Kentucky, he's gonna be buried for a couple of years. Yeah, and I feel like it depends on what the kid wants in that situation. Yeah, it's the long story short. Kentucky wins yet another battle against Louisville when when Louisville thought that they that they felt pretty pretty darn strongly about it. Uh, feel. Feel bad for him. Chris Mag did a phenomenal job with him. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be cocky about it. I don't want to do that. But man, it is, it's, well, you, it's you kinda, tough for me to, to, it's tough for me to not look at it and kind of chuckle to myself when they Louisville had a year and a half head start. Well, there's some Louisville media members also today that were pulling the oh Cal Perry dropped a bag because they have nothing to say, and then it's like oh well results on the court matter. I'm like. What are they, like one of ten in the last 11 or something, something outrageous since Cal Perry's been here? Uh, yeah. The, 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 one, the two wins that they've gotten were the Bam Adebayo year, which good win for them, and the, which, Nerl- the Nerlens Noel year. And then and that win. That was that, with – I'm not going to be that guy, but if you want to get really technical and nasty with the argument, I would just pull the Bam Adebayo win doesn't count. <laughs> That's – it's true, but that I'm not. True. I'm not that guy. I, I hate that argument. Oh, like because Louisville still won in 2013. I don't care what anybody says. Louisville still won. The they beat Kentucky that year by three points. Kentucky's what you mean? Team. You mean Louisville's win in 2013 didn't count? I, no, I'm saying like you can say like Louisville won that. Yeah, like they won that championship. They 
I'm, I'm not, not if the, you look at the official. I'm not the type to get into those. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. But Oh, but Luke Hancock still has his most outstanding <laughs> player. But, Good for you, buddy. Good for uh, you. But, no, back to Devin Askew. I think – because we got way down the rabbit hole just now. I think Devin Askew is going to be a tremendous asset to the team. He's a, definitely a team player. He's going to be a guy that is definitely willing to share the spotlight. And I think he's going to excel in sharing the spotlight because the guys at Kentucky – thanks that they're going to have in the program for the next couple of years. If you have a zone buster as a point guard that can hit 35 – well, he's hit 40%, but I'm going to say 35% or higher three-point percentage in college at the point guard spot, man. I mean, that's kind of unfair. If he can distribute at a higher level than he is right now, the sky's the limit for him at Kentucky. All right. As we close, final, final thoughts. One, does Devin ask you reclassify the class of 2020? It all depends on Cade. If – Cade doesn't come to Kentucky, then 95% sure, yes. That's That was my number. Yeah, I stole it from you. We talked about it before the show. <laughs> the, uh, I wanted to sound smart. And <laughs> if Cade Cunningham does come, I still think it's 50-50 shot. Because, I mean, a lot of things can I change. Agree. I think Cal Perry can convince him, like, hey, come in, get this development. You're going to be playing against the arguably the number one pick, definitely top five pick in practice that is three inches taller than you, you're going to get nothing but better. And you're going to get so much more quicker development here than you will another year in high school, even though it's modern day, one of the most historic basketball programs in high school basketball. I mean, yeah, there are two sides of it. One, Devin has said in the past that he wants to be a Jordan Brand classic All-American. He wants to be a McDonald's All-American. He wants to play in the Nike Hoop Summit. He wants to potentially play in in another Peach Jam. He is a – a kind of guy that wants to go through a senior senior season in high school, and that's fair. That's fine. You know, I, I don't I don't hold anything against him for for wanting to do that. But on the flip side, he is also a kind of guy that that has said that he is a competitor through and through. And the reason why he committed to Kentucky is because he wants to go heads up with NBA talent every day. In he said he in wants practice. to play. What was his quote? He wants to play with like good players when. Champ, win games, something like that. Yeah, and that's and something that you, I forget Cal- word for word. I'm Calipari can say, "Sure, buddy, if if you are dying to be a McDonald's All American, do it. If if that's what you want, but having the opportunity to go heads up with Cade Cunningham every day in practice, go heads up with Terrence Clark every day in practice, go heads up with BJ Boston every day." Go up against some of the best of the best guards. That it's it's better than any Peach Jam. You're literally getting college level talent at, while they're in college every day in practice. I mean, you you can't compare Peach Jam. A, a yes, Peach Jam is important to these kids. Yes, being in a, a, having the All Star, All American check mark next to your name means a lot. But if his end-all, be-all goal is to make it to the NBA and to compete against NBA talent, then playing at Kentucky with Cade Cunningham and with all the other big talent, you can't argue with me that that's not the better option. I am not a 17-year-old kid going through this this thought process. Every time I, uh, I sit back and think of it, I think of how my mind worked at 17. I just can't remember how it worked. Yeah, and, and <laughs> It was a whole different lifetime. And things have changed since then, since – our, you know, we're we're old as dirt right now. Back then, you know, I don't know how that would have gone, but I don't, I don't, I won't blame him either way. Is the point of point of the argument? Uh, I, I 
All I know is that Kentucky is in a pretty darn good spot no matter what happens. If he stays in 2021, it means more, more likely than not that they landed Cade Cunningham, and that in itself, having Cade one year and ask you the very next year, you have your, your two star guards back-to-back. If not, you get asked you this year, and you have a top ten player in the country and the number one guard in, in the class, or I guess because Cade would be the number one guard, he'd be number two, number three, but whatever. It, it is Kentucky's in a phenomenal position no matter what, and uh, it, the Kentucky fans should definitely be excited about this. And with that, we will close our special edition of the Source of State podcast. I want to thank our listeners once again. Please go on iTunes, go on Spotify, go on all of the major podcasting apps. Give us a five-star review. Tell us what, what you like about the show. It makes us look good. We would most certainly appreciate it. And with that, we will call it a quits and be back on Tuesday for another jam-packed Source of Say podcast. Sound your feet.